without realizing it because it's an iPad and it's very fancy. Um, and um, congratulations on your new building. This is lovely. Um, and I, I'll just give myself a little bit of room because I'll wander around. Um, so, and the best way to introduce what I do at the Faraday Institute is to do it. Being here is my job. So, um, some of my job. Some of the rest of my job is on the book table at the back as well. Um, so, uh, can I, you may have come here and thought, yay, science day, or, oh, help, I came on the science day. Um, <laughs> how many of you feel sciency? Hands up. Feel sciency. Okay, hands down. Maybe that's because you just like learning about science. Maybe it's because you have to do science at school. Maybe you're that age. Maybe you have studied science in the past. Or maybe your job involves some science if you work in healthcare or agriculture. For example, we use all sorts of science. Maybe you were one of the people who kept your hand down and you thought, no, I don't feel sciencey. But actually, every day we use scientific knowledge. Um, if we cook, you know what dissolving is, right? You might not be able to write an essay on it, but you know the salt is still there when you put it in the pan. Um, we know that plants need light in order to grow and warmth. And uh, we are interested in looking after our own bodies and the bodies of those we love, for example. We use science every day. We live in a society that is full of science. And I believe all of us have something to contribute in the discussion about science and faith. But before we do let that, let's have just a little bit of fun. Um, so I've got a jar of clear liquid. The jar's not really clear. Sorry, it's had a hard life. Um, what do you think the clear liquid is? Guess, guess water. Let's find out. So I'm going to shove... I have an old five-pound note in. So these are the paper ones before they made them plastic. Um, you'll see why in a minute, why I had to do that. I'm just going to get it all wet in the whatever it is. Um, well, it might be water. Okay, with these tongs. And then, I'm going to light it. <laughs> see what happens. Oh, oh, and you couldn't see. We should have turned the lights out. Did you see something happening there? Just about. <laughs> it did. Do you want to feel it now? Does it feel a bit warm? Okay, so those are the sharp-eyed among you might have seen, sorry. It's a while since I've done this and I forgot it's good to turn the lights off. Um, that, um, so there were some flames. So given that there were flames and the five pound note is, did, is still there, I didn't, like a friend who's a chemist who did this experiment and did it wrong, just burnt the five pound note to a cinder. <laughs> That made me laugh. Um, what do you think is in the jar? Oh, yeah. I'm told you can do this with a glass of gin, if you're a gin drinker. Um, I haven't tried it. But this is a mixture of alcohol and water. So when I light the money, it has to be the old note. Um, then the water evaporates uh, while the alcohol burns. So the two, the water keeps the, the, the note cool. It's got to be the right amount of water and alcohol. 
Uh, don't, don't try this at home, actually. No. <laughs> Sorry. Um, there we go. It's not original science, but it was original for some of us. It was our first time. Um, so, see, we understood something, you know, and we, we had a little idea of what was going on. Um, but now we're in the context of church. All these lovely people, um, many of whom worship here together and are part of this church together um, in Humberton. Um, somebody want to guess? Let's chat with your neighbor just for 10 seconds. What percentage of scientists in this country do you think believe in God? Chat. Ready, steady, go. 10, 8, 7, 6, 4, 3, 2, 1. Okay. Right. You've had 10 seconds to think. Can I have three guesses? Guess, guess from the Cantonese group. 4%. 40, 40%. 3%. Some from the back. 65. Right. Drum roll. Woo! Yeah. Thanks. So the question in the... This was a survey that was done nearly 10 years ago, and the survey of the UK population at the time found about 72% of people believed in God, and a survey of UK-based biology and physicists bearing in mind that half of them come from other countries, so there's lots of stuff going on than just being the sciencey ones, 32% um, believe in God, or at least some kind of higher power, at least some of the time. It's a very honest question, isn't it? Um, so I find, yes, there are far fewer, and there's some work for the church to do there in encouraging scientists that you can believe in God and be a scientist. But the, it, I find it encouraging that you walk into any lab in Cambridge Chances are, shake someone's hand, hopefully they just washed it, um, <laughs> and the chances are they, one in three believes in God or some kind of God. Um, I think it's interesting. And for the Christians and the Jewish ones um, among that, this psalm will be important. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Everything God made brings him glory. And as scientists, we've had to think this one through, that the Bible give us, gives us the, the what for, the who it, who's it about, the meaning message. And the, the, the science gives us the, how, you know, the mechanism message of how things happened. You know, Big Bang, um, what was it for? It was God who did it, you know, um, and so on. So you've got those two messages that work together. Um, now you've got a, oh, what's going on? I can't go any further. Oh, there we go. I'm loading. <laughs> um, you've done a quiz on the table, but I've got another quiz as well. I pinched it off the youth and schools team because I learned there were going to be young people here and they said, let's give you a quiz, uh, make you more interesting. Um, so this one's called Higher or Lower. And um, so all you have to do is you've got two options with every question all right except for the first one we've got to start somewhere so can i read this writing the number of stars we can see on a dark night someone's just got to guess okay yeah 500 you very very close 2000 to four and a half thousand hey you see the rest of the quiz you realize that's incredibly close okay um you've got almost the right number of zeros um so Two to four and a half thousand. I'm gonna have to look. The writing's so small on this screen. Um, 
Right, number of galaxies in the known universe. Who thinks it's higher than four and a half thousand? Who thinks it's lower? Okay, all right, nobody's testing you on this. So um, it is way higher, 100 billion galaxies in the known universe. Okay, right, next one. Higher or lower, number of stars in our galaxy. Who thinks it's higher than 100 billion? Oh, who thinks it's lower? Oh, tricky, tricky. It is, if I press a button, right? Is quite a bit higher, three times higher. 300 billion. Okay, such big numbers. Right, next one is, I think this file is massive, um, number of known species on Earth, higher or lower than 300 billion. Who thinks it's higher? Who thinks it's lower? Oh, everyone thinks it's lower, I think. You might be right. Nine million known species on Earth. Still a lot. Okay, still a lot. Um, now, number of nerve cells in the average human brain. Higher or lower than nine million? What do you reckon? Who thinks higher? Yeah, most higher. Who thinks lower? Ooh, yeah, right. Um, so, 86 billion Nearly the same number of galaxies as there are in the universe as nerve cells in the average human brain. That's incredible. Right, last one. How many trees on Earth? Higher or lower than 86 billion? Who thinks higher? A few. Who thinks lower? Lower. I love this number. It is. Yeah, if we weren't chopping them down all the time. Um, we still have 300 trillion. How cool is that? I love that. So many trees on Earth. Let's keep lots of them there. So, on that note, I think I press next and nothing happens. I think that's because we've come to the end. And it's time for our next slot. Yes. So we're finding out about science and faith going hand in hand as we explore the incredible world that God made. And this verse I love from Psalm 8. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers. I love this translation because it kind of conjures up the, didn't really take all of God's strength to make those huge, humongous, incredible, beautiful stars. Um, or in Genesis, it talks about he also made the stars like an afterthought. I, I think kind of increases my sense of awe. But it also, work of your fingers sounds like little things too. Um, and I'm a biologist and I love little things. So this is where I throw things into chaos. This is the first time I've been in a church where you, there's no laptop to plug my, my device into. There's a box called Geekom. Um, and uh, hopefully... This is a USB microscope. Somebody always goes and buys one after they see this for their grandkids or their children. And it's a little pointy thing with a lens inside. And I can zoom in on my jumper. And you can see that I probably should have washed it. Um, and then you can see my hair. And you can see that I don't have knits. Well done, me. Well done, me. Or, if I had brought my little box of tricks. I, I love looking at the very, very small, and I just think it's really fun um, 
to have a look at the very, very small. Basically chose my research based on what physical techniques I could do. Look, there's a geranium. You can see why geraniums never get green fly. They're terrifying and spiky. Um, I think we can zoom in. Oh, no, that's zooming out more. Zoom in. Uh, terrifying spiky geranium. Or my variegated leaf. You can see on here those spots, which I think are probably the little tiny things that contain the, um, the wherewithal to turn the energy from sunlight into stuff that we can eat. Um, chloroplast. Yes, someone's whispering, chloroplast. <laughs> and I picked up a feather in my back garden. Feathers are incredible. There's such a beautiful structure. Let's see if I can actually, see if my hands are too shaky. Oh, there we go. This beautiful, regular structure of the feather. What's also beautiful and regular is Gore-Tex. Okay, so you can see how human ingenuity has copied um, nature there. Oh, love exploring USB microscope. Um, uh, just, just have a look online and get them for everyone for Christmas. So, science. Scientists often use the word, those of you put your hands up, those of you who may actually do this for a living, we often use the words playing sometimes. Not because it's always fun. It's not always fun. Um, sometimes it's annoying and difficult. Um, but often you have to give yourself space to play and have a go at things. Try again. Try something else. Have some ideas. Have a coffee. Give yourself a bit more space to think. If you can do that, if you have the luxury of all that time, you can do some incredible things. Um, so... Just a few more guessing games. <laughs> so while we're exploring the world of the very small, what's this? DNA. Someone crocheted DNA. How cool is that? Oh, there's a challenge for the crocheters. Now some very small things. What's this? A worm. Yes, microscopic worms. What do you think these are? Anyone got any ideas? Microscopic did I see anyone say plankton? Tiny things that grow in the sea. What about this? Quite an iconic stripe, not stripy socks. Chromosomes. What's a chromosome? Anyone? Hands up, class. <laughs> anyone know what a chromosome is? Oh, you just want to shout out. Well, I'll just talk over you then and say... They're chunks of DNA. We have two meters of DNA in our, each of our cells at some point. And at one point in the life of the cell, they look like this, but not stripy. That was a special for the microscope. And last one, what do you think this is? I find it very beautiful. Biologists like pretty patterns and colors. I've got data to show that now. Um, not that I gathered it. It is a cell. It's been stained so that you can see its inner skeleton. Um, it's a very movable skeleton, um, but it's a skeleton nonetheless that keeps it at the shape it is and helps it to move around. Um, and sometimes when you've got the, the world of the very big or the world of the very small in our head, this is the Amazon zooming back out to the very big, it can be difficult to think, where is our place in the world? The person who wrote Psalm 8 Ask that question. Looking at a starry night, if you've ever seen the stars, I hope you've had a chance 
to see the stars away from light pollution. Um, and there are so many. And the person who wrote the psalm asked, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. This, I think, is a feeling of awe. When we see something very big, very complex, or if you're a mathematician, something that makes so much sense, an equation that makes so much sense of the world, and it can leave you having to, you can't get your head around it. That is a feeling of awe. And I just, I will leave you, we're cafe staff for a reason, leave you to chat on your tables just for a couple of minutes. When was the last time you felt awestruck by something you saw in science or nature? Maybe something as simple as a ladybird, or maybe it was the asteroid sample that touched down on Earth on Monday. Um, Nothing in between there. So I'll give you just a minute to just chat to the person next to you about some feeling of awe you may have felt. Okay, I will interrupt your chat. Big awe feelings that you may have had. Scientists sometimes have these big feelings too. Here is some data. I've got a colleague called Brandon Vadyanathan in Washington, D.C., who does this sociology research um, with a big team around the world. Hopefully, I didn't go too near that, I guess. And these are some of the... I'm sorry, the writing's a little bit little, um, but I'll read it out. This is what happened. Three and a half thousand physicists and biologists in India, the UK, the US, and Italy. Those are just all the countries Brandon could speak the language of. That was handy for him. Um, but they're, they're a good cross-section of the world. And um, about nearly 90% of them said at least, rare, at least a few times they felt a sense of reverence or respect about the things they were discovering. Um, and then you've got 87% saying, I felt I was in the presence of something grand, at least occasionally. Or you've got 73% saying, I felt my sense of self becoming somehow smaller in the face of what I was researching. Big feelings, really big experiences. And can you see how those things might be compatible with the belief in God? <laughs> I think they are. And um, the writers of the psalm, their faith helped them to make sense of the experience of awe. This big standing back, whoa, who am I in the face of this massive universe? They knew that God is mindful of them, that God cares for us, and their faith gave them a sense of significance. So... We're now going to do something else while we process that thought. So we're going to have a little bit more talking, and then we're going to set some rockets off. So hopefully without making too much of a mess. Um, we'll see. Um, so if we've looked at this verse already. What is mankind that you're mindful of them? Human beings that you, that you care for them. And sometimes another reason for asking this question um, for us, especially today, can be stuff like this. We know about beautiful coral, coral reefs. Hopefully some of us have had the chance of swimming over them. But my friend, who's got a seven-year-old daughter now, 
two, three years ago, we were on a podcast together and he's a marine biologist and he said, I'm not sure my daughter's going to get to see stuff like that. I nearly burst into tears on the podcast, to be perfectly honest, um, because he was fairly convinced that the days of coral reefs might be over, um, not just through things like blast fishing with dynamite, um, thanks to the Nobel Prize uh, initiating guy, um, but stuff like climate change. Um, and yes, the world will always be, there will always be diverse life, but because of things like climate change, it will change. Stuff will change. Some, some, some new things will happen. Some old stuff will not be there anymore. Um, and it can sometimes feel as if the world would be better um, without us. Um, but the person who wrote this psalm knew that God decided he wanted us in charge. You appointed them rulers over everything you made. He knew the potential for mistakes was there, but he wanted us to do it. He knew he put us um, in charge. And this verse is a reference back to Genesis, where it says, I'm quite proud I can read this on this tiny screen. It's this big, the slide. <laughs> they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Um, so, so what does rule mean there? It's quite a shockingly high position, isn't it? Ruling. And that's all of us. No one's left out. Everyone is included. Um, and in Psalm 8, it talks about us being a little bit lower than the angels. Or in some Bible translations, it says, a little bit lower than God. It's um, quite incredible. A incredibly high position of responsibility. It doesn't end when we, when we mess up. We still have that role, although obviously we know now we need God's help. So thinking about that call to rule, it can mean all different kinds of things. It has been done in all kinds of different ways in the past. What do you think? Let's have a quick chat on your tables. What do you think the Bible means by rule here uh, when it talks about ruling over the earth? Um, you can have 30 seconds. Ready, steady, go. Let's have a hand up. Does anyone want to put a hand up? What do you think? Do you want to offer a thought? Yes. Stewardy kind of ruling. Stewardship ruling rather than dominating kind of ruling yeah yeah and i've got um does anyone else want to add anything to what's just pekindra said yes mm. Mm. yeah yeah and there are lots of biblical principles one could unpack um for example um I'm terrible at remembering chapter and verse, but there are various parts throughout the Old Testament where God lays out what he expects of kings to be doing, and it's definitely a humble ruling and a caring ruling rather than um, than a, a dominating and exploiting ruling. And there's this verse in Micah where God is calling his people to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. And science 
um, although it can make things worse, can be used to care for creation. Um, it can be a huge part of caring. If we apply scientific knowledge, whether that's even knowing that making a hole in your fence is good for the hedgehogs, um, you know, that can, that can have an impact. Or maybe it's encouraging a young person to study science because who knows what they'll go on and do. Um, you know, and everything in between. Um, science can be a huge part of using what we see in the world wisely. And thankfully, we don't need to feel overwhelmed. We don't need to feel anxious about it. Um, because although we were called to rule, we have not always ruled well. We have not managed to fulfill that calling. But Jesus, um, who came and announced God's kingdom on earth, he is now ruling. <laughs> he has, there's still a lot um, to do. He has not brought everything to order yet. Clearly, there is a lot of difficult stuff still happening in the earth. Um, but he is in charge and we still have our part to play. And it is a part and it is with his help. Um, so we don't need to feel um, there's a beautiful article that somebody called Cara Perrette at the Faraday Institute wrote, which I think may still be freely available online from Christianity Today magazine. And it was all about the kind of grief that ecologists feel when they do their work today and, and the Christian ones among them, how they keep going and how their faith helps them to have hope um, in the future. Um, and... Um, I am very grateful that we have the Holy Spirit to help us. Um, and I often think of it as a, this is not just an excuse for setting off rockets, but I genuinely have often thought of it, the Holy Spirit, and asked, you know, send me off like a rocket, you know, like give me, you know, your, you know, with your power, what can I do? Um, it's quite a dramatic image. I realize that is not Monday morning. That is not me. On Monday morning, me on Monday morning is more like grinding along the ground, like help me to get out of bed and just do the thing and do the next thing. Um, and um, But I think it is extraordinary when you think that God's power can help us and, and when we uh, can think of the potential for what we could do. And sometimes we do get to the end of the day and think, oh, I did that thing that was scary or, you know, um, I, I did a wise thing. I was patient with a person um, who's annoying. Um, and um, I think in this instance, I think we, with things like, you know, are there going to be coral reefs in 15 years' time? We're going to have to hold on really tight, you know, to God's help, um, to help us so that we are not anxious. Um, and, um, but yes, I do want to set off rockets because we're doing science and it is fun and we do have young people here and we can't talk all the time because that's boring. Um, but I, I, well... I want two grown-up volunteers and two young volunteers, please. Hands in the air. Okay, yes. Yes. Two more. One more grown-up person. One more young person. No arms twisted. I get to set one off if nobody else wants to do it. That's okay. Don't be shy. Go, Kendra. Go for it. Okay. Right. Yes. So, we all get a vitamin C tablet. And I recommend breaking it into pieces. If your fingers are not up to break it into pieces, I, and you're going to put it in your rocket thing, okay? So. Uh, 
Ah, did it. Do it on the table. There we go. Right. Okay. Shall I help? Sorry. I've given you an undoable task. I did buy these before COVID. Sorry. Um, there we go. Let's break yours up quite a lot. Okay. We've got some pieces. Oh, come on, Kendra. You can do it. You can do it. Go on. Do you need a big person to do it for you? <laughs> this is up. <laughs> oh. Oh, there you go. Right. Okay. We've broken our vitamin C tablets up. We've put them in our pots. We're going to add a little bit of water. And what you have to do, your task, is to put the lid on, press it really tightly, and then turn your rocket so that it's the right way up, ready to go off. Okay? Water in, lid on very tight. Um, okay? And then put it on the table. Okay? Okay? Right. And then we'll just wait and see what happens. Whoop. Oh, it. Okay, right. Hey. Woo! Hey! Woo that was a good one. Woohoo! Okay. Oh, let's press it. Okay. Oh! Woohoo! It misfired. Thank you very much. That was not, you know. We made carbon dioxide, just in case you were wondering. Thank you very much, volunteers. Um, this is why we don't eat the vitamin C tablets. We dissolve them because we're sensible grown-ups. Um, because they make vitamin, they make carbon dioxide. Um, and I will clear that up later. Good. So, science is sometimes fun. Quite a lot of the time, it involves doing the experiment again and again and again. But sometimes it's fun. Um, so we've looked at Psalm 8. We've looked at some big questions of science and Christian faith. We could have gone on to other topics like AI, which also feel like um, big things, but for another time. And we have a course on that coming up. Um, but at the end of this psalm, we come back not to our us or what we have to do, but on God, the creator, Lord, our Lord, your greatness is seen in all the world. Um, everything points back to him. Our hope is in him. Our work is for him. We want to use science well um, in order to honor him, uh, to care for people. Um, every, anything we do to look after the world or each other now, including using scientific knowledge or cheering on sciencey people from the sidelines, um, with God's help, especially on the hard days, points towards that future when God will make everything new and helps to fuel our hope. So let's pray. Father, thank you for the gift of science that we can use to explore your creation to look after it, to benefit from it in wise ways. Um, thank you that we can celebrate that um, in church. Thank you that we can enjoy some fun. Thank you that we can learn things that make us uh, think, wow, Lord, and go away with a sense of awe. Um, help us to enjoy the world around us, things that we can see um, in this uh, lovely countryside. And um, help those of us, um, yeah, help all of us um, to uh, go out this week and to do um, with your strength, Lord, 
um, to use science or encourage those who are using science um, in your service. Amen.